Welcome to Tubular Connections, a series where we make meaningful connections in the HSS, steel, and engineering communities. Here's your host, Brad Fletcher, Senior Structural Engineer at Atlas Tube. Today, uh, my guest is Michael Gray with CastConnects. Uh, welcome, Michael. Hi, Brad. Thanks for having me here. Oh, appreciate you doing this. Here we are at the Structural Engineers Association of Utah's annual conference. I guess we're in Provo, Utah, just outside Salt Lake. It's been a pretty good show for you? Yeah. Yeah, the traffic's been great. Um, lots of attendees, lots of people who seem to be very engaged with what we're doing. So um, good. I've been pleasantly surprised. Yeah, this is our second year doing it. You know, shout out to the uh, organizers for the SEA here in Utah. They do a great show and great attendees. Like you said, you know, that's a good traffic. So, Michael, you know, I thought we'd just chat a little bit here. Uh, I guess the first question I always ask uh, my guests is, you know, why engineering? Why? What, what got you into engineering? I guess um, when I was in high school, I watched a sort of miniseries on uh, the CBC, which is a national television channel in Canada on the Avro Arrow, which is a, an airplane design that, from the 1950s, a Canadian airplane design. And that was kind of my first introduction into what engineering really was. Both my parents are school teachers, and I was always good at math and science. And from then on, I knew I wanted to study it. And when I was at the University of Toronto in first year, I was in a program that was kind of generalized, and I had a very inspiring structures professor who kind of motivated me to get into civil engineering. and so Who was that professor? Actually, uh, Professor Michael Collins. Uh, he's a concrete oh, prof, oh, okay, but, right. uh, but you <laughs> know, okay. he still did a good thing for the steel industry, I think, sure. by getting me into <laughs> structural engineering. So, yeah, and then from there, you know, I, I was in civil, structural, and always, like, studying steel, okay. yeah, steel materials. Yeah, so you studied at University of Toronto. Now, you did undergrad and grad school there? That's right, yeah. So, in undergrad, I was fortunate enough to have uh, Professors Packer and um, uh, Professor Pete Bergamo, who's now kind of retired, mm -hmm. uh, steel profs. And I did an undergraduate thesis with Professor Bergamo that mm -hmm. caught the eye of a local fabricator. Got a job working at a steel fabricator for that summer and uh, got roped into grad school <laughs> <laughs> from there and never really left it's for a funny, long time. It, it's funny. I got my master's at Purdue, and, and it's funny how you always kind of some people plan for it, some people back into it. I was one of definitely those people who backed into it. Sounds like you were too as well. Yeah, well, at first, definitely. But then as the project kind of evolved, you know, and my, my research uh, project was to look at ways we could use steel castings for as the sort of ductile element in a seismic force resisting system. I could see, you know, the potential of where that was heading and knew that I, I should stay for the, the full you know, the full, do my full service there and get a PhD because, <laughs> because of where that, you know, could lead and where it did lead. Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, that's a great segue. Obviously, because of the research you did and castings that led you to kind of to the career path you're on now, right? Yeah. I, so I was kind of working in tandem with Carlos de Oliveira, who was doing a master's, kind of started a little before I did on my PhD. And with the two of us and the work we had done, it became obvious very early that there was some you know, potential IP that was developed or what became actual IP, I guess. Mm -hmm. And then um, we patented our work and spun that into CastConnex. And then from there, I've just kind of continuously grown over the last decade. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, CastConnex, I've been very impressed with, as I've learned more about, more about the company, I've been very impressed with what you guys do. Obviously, in the HSS industry, we like what you do because <laughs> you make some really simple and elegant connections for uh, hollow structural sections, so that's great. So tell us a little bit about CastConnex and what you guys do, what your goals are, and what, you know, where you hope to see the company going. Right. So I guess like during that research, we developed sort of specialized skills in designing steel castings for both manufacturing and function. I mean, it's unusual for a structural engineer to kind of have that depth of experience in that area. You know, we developed some connectors that solve complex problems in structures, and we took that knowledge and we 
you know, at CastConnects, apply it, have now applied it to a wide range of different types of issues, whether it's architecturally exposed structural steel, we have like standard solutions for that or custom solutions, or, you know, complex loading, you know, we can solve problems with that in steel uh, steel structures as well. And that's kind of us in a nutshell is, is working on steel castings to solve, you know, all kinds of issues, whether it's the safety or beauty of a, of a building. Yeah, no, that's great. Yeah, and, and you know, between your high strings connector, which obviously is kind of a standard off the shelf, I like to say, connector, which is excellent for seismic bracing, all the way to your custom stuff. Like, what was the project in Toronto you did fairly recently? The Queen Richmond Queen Richmond Center is a big showpiece for us yeah. in Toronto, as is uh, the Transbay Center in San Francisco. Those are both examples of like custom castings where we design a solution that's specific to a project and design team's desires. But yeah, we have tons of standardized connectors, universal pin connector, connectors for or splicing mm-hmm. HSS that we call the Diablo, Diablo uh, yep. connector. Yeah, and uh, we even have taken on the cast bolted bracket, which is a pre-qualified mode connection for special uh, oh. moment frames. That's yeah. the, the old the Kaiser. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't realize you guys had taken that on. Okay. Here we have. Yeah. Oh, excellent. That's good because I think that was probably. It's funny. It's in the book. It's an AIC 350A as a pre-qualified connection, but yet no one really knew who made it. Well, we're hoping <laughs> to change that and kind of get you know spread the word out there. Yeah. We, we no, think it's a pretty good solution. That's great. No, I think. I think that's um you've heard it here first so <laughs> no i think that's a great development that's good to hear well let's shift gears a little bit you know one of the other ways we know each other is we both sit on the education and research council for the canadian institute of steel construction which formerly known as the structural steel education foundation which is quite a bunch of acronyms to throw out there so the ssef which has been around for a number of years i got involved about six years ago when did you get involved probably four or five years yeah, ago, okay. I think. Our mission, obviously, for those listening out there, is to promote education and research in structural steel in the Canadian industry through promotion of what we do, through, uh, well, just like the name says, education and research, right? So you're involved with some of the subcommittees. Talk a little bit about what you're involved with. Sure. So one of the subcommittees that I'm on is with you is the, uh, the research grants. Right. So uh, some of the funding that's distributed by the Research Council is to sponsor specific research projects uh, that Canadian professors might be doing in steel structures. Right. And often it's kind of like a seed fund that can help them leverage more and, you know, continue pushing the industry's sort of state of the art. We like to sponsor innovative projects as well as, uh, well, both new and sort of senior professors to keep a healthy industry. The other um, subcommittee that I'm very involved with is the G.J. Jackson Fellowship. It's kind of the premier award for graduate students studying steel structures in Canada. Um, One award is given each year. It's $20,000 and to the top sort of applicant coming out of any Canadian university that's in a master's or PhD stream that's doing a research project in steel structures. I'm actually a past winner of that fellowship. I think it's a tremendously valuable way to recognize young people who are stepping into future leadership roles in the industry and to celebrate them. We have many well-known fellows, I guess, in the history of the fellowship, like including Professor Robert Driver at University of Alberta, Professor Liddell Weeb at McMaster University. And so I'm kind of chairing the committee that, that chooses the winner of that each year. And that's just some of the great work that we do on the ERC. Yeah, no, that's great. You being a past winner, obviously, you have some great insight into, into that. So talk a little bit about how winning that scholarship helped steer you towards a career in steel. Sure. I mentioned I worked for a steel fabricator. That was, I believe that part of that was, you know, brought about by winning the award. And so that kind of is their first step 
in that career development and focusing me on steel material. I'd say another very influential part of the fellowship is that every year it's awarded at the Canadian Steel Conference and the winner is sort of brought to the conference by the Education Research Council. And this conference has like lots of events, both social and technical, that the student is invited to participate in. And it's just an eye-opener for someone who's just kind of starting on a, a career path, still kind of in graduate school, to meet people and to see the industry and to understand the different facets. And definitely inspired me to sort of try and achieve and try and become a leader in the, in the industry by meeting all these others uh, who had done so before me. Yeah, I think that's a great point. You know, as someone who also participates in the uh, CIC annual general meeting and sees these young people coming and receiving this award, it's inspirational for us in the industry to see, number one, that there's some great talent coming into the industry. And also, like you said, the CIC puts on a great show, and I think they really reflect the steel industry and how strong it is in Canada. I mean, it's a pretty strong industry up in Canada. I mean, it's strong all the way through North America, but the Canadian steel industry is definitely a strong component of that. So I think you're absolutely right. Yeah, you mentioned the Committee on Research, and I'll, I'll, I'll say a little bit about that as well, too. I think that what I like about being involved with that is being able to kind of have, well, first of all, you get to see some really cool research come across the table. You get to see what might be the next big thing come across. There's definitely I think my PhD project was one of the sponsored uh, research projects by the ERC so oh, okay. way back as well. Even yeah. better, even yeah. better, yeah. So you've definitely been supported by the ERC yeah. over the years. Yeah. Well, now I'm giving back, yeah. yeah. Well, and, and that's what it's about, right? You know, one of the things that I like about this is, you know, we obviously donate money to the ERC, but then we get to be there and kind of direct where that money goes. Goes and, and how influential it can be. So I guess for a little plug for the ERC here, you know, we are always looking for more donors and more people who want to be involved with the ERC. You don't have to be committed to a time sink, if you will, if you're not one of those organizations or people that want to decide where the money goes. But if you're willing to support the industry in general and, and give donations, we are always looking for that. So that's definitely something that the CISC is looking into right now is how can we get more and more people involved in this? Yeah, and I think it's smart money to put into it. In addition to the the research grants and the fellowship, uh, the ERC directs and develops continuing education learning for That's professionals. I mean, those three pillars are, I think, a key foundation for keeping a healthy industry, right? We want to keep pushing the boundary through research of both the grad students and professors to continue to improve, say, code clauses or come up with innovative ideas on how to keep steel kind of right there with the other building materials. And at the same time, develop that continuing education so that practicing engineers are as comfortable as possible in using the material and understand the benefits and when it's it's the right choice, which, if you ask me, is always. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, we're, we're a little biased, but right. that's fine. That's fine. We, we're yeah. allowed and that. Without those things, you know, it wouldn't be a prosperous material. And I think with if we could do more of that, we could make it an even better, a more favorable choice of material for uh, building science. Yeah, no, that's a great point. Yeah, education, obviously, being the education and research council, we, we focus on the education. So giving the seed money to CISC to help develop courses, coming up with the ideas of the courses, I, I think that's a very important role, too, as well, as, as, as you pointed out. So great, Michael. Appreciate your time today. I guess what I I want to kind of finish on a little more personal note. So obviously you're pretty invested in the steel industry as am I, and we spend a lot of time invested in it, but what do you do for fun? What kind of hobbies do you have uh, outside of the steel industry? Well, I used to be an avid runner. <laughs> um, that's kind of gone a bit on hold because I have uh, three young kids, actually three, well, 
for a while I had three under two because I had twin boys and then I just had a daughter who's seven months oh, old. Congratulations. So that keeps me very busy, you know. Yes. Yeah. Yes, parent, parenting does that. So, yeah, yeah. So hobbies sometimes kind of take uh, take the back seat when we're with the young kids. I, I, I can relate to that. Uh, yeah, no, totally appreciate that. So I guess, you know, obviously you've talked a little bit about some future goals within Cast Connects, but also any other future goals that you might have for yourself? I guess for me, we're, I'm pretty focused at this stage on, on building the business and then, you know, whatever other time I can devote to, uh, like, volunteering for, say, the ERC. I think at Cast Connects, you know, we keep just trying to pursue exciting projects and develop new technology. I mean, at Cascanex, we actually are currently uh, sponsoring a really large research project at the University of Toronto uh, with professors Christopoulos and Quan on some what we think is some pretty innovative work on eccentrically braced frames. Mm, right. And uh, we're also starting to dip our toe into the water of uh, maybe learning a little bit more about additive manufacturing and how that might be something because we see ourselves as kind of leaders in understanding manufacturing methods and translating that for the structural engineering profession and we think that we might be able to help kind of with that transition when when that technology kind of gets to the point where we can use it in buildings yeah I, I think that's a great point I think you know you hear about all this technology and we who have been in the business for a while we know how things have been done we kind of look at it, it's like well, how is that going to get applied here but the fact of the matter is it is going to be applied I mean additive technology they're talking you know people have the dream of printing a building you know <laughs> it's probably got a ways to go but at some point in time someone could probably you know, I guess at some point in time, if you think about it, you know, was there ever a time when you thought you'd be carrying a phone around in your pocket and, get, and access anything and everywhere? We didn't, you know, but so you know that there's technology out there that's going to change the way we live our lives and do our businesses. Yeah, and we, I mean, our, our approach is to try and stay at the front of it, right, and not and be proactive rather than right, not catching up. Right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. No, it's a great thing, and, and I'll just uh, throw out two cents on that: is that I think when it comes to thinking of connections in general, you guys are solving some very unique connections. Things, you know, I look at the more mundane connections and some of the struggles that hollow structural section industry has with things like shear connections and bracing connections, which well, you have bracing connections, but moment connections. And I'm thinking there's got to be a place for castings there that probably needs to be tapped into as well. Yeah, I think I think there's a lot. I mean, from my perspective, there's lots of room for castings <laughs> like everywhere. And it's really for us about just putting the resources behind developing those solutions in a, in a way that fits within the industry. Yeah. That's great. Well, Michael, again, thank you so much for being my guest today as, as we talked. For those of you listening, uh, we always appreciate feedback. If you have questions for myself and or for Michael, don't be afraid to reach out to me at bradley.fletcher at atlastube.com. Thanks for listening to Tubular Connections. You can learn more about designing with steel HSS at atlastube.com.